Uh, I've had tequila for the first time in about 10 years. We're going to get into Dante Moore's commitment this Friday and talk about Rakeem Jarrett versus Dante Demas. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But first, we're going to talk to, I think, a friend of mine now, Noah Hills. You can find him at Noah Moore Parties on Twitter. He's a contributor to Prayer Pro- Player Profiler to BGDE. And thankfully, he is a contributor to CampusToCant.com. He's, quite frankly, and I've told him this privately, he's the best that the fantasy industry has to offer as far as uh, a writer. He's great at explaining analytics in common sense in layman's terms. You can also find his writing at the Vitruvian Prospect. That's where you get his blog, his quote-unquote dormant blog, uh, sometimes not dormant. Noah, I posed for you this question. Brandon Lejeune, friend of the show, posted a poll of Will Shipley versus Raheem Sanders. And it's a great, great question because both of these prospects prospects have their pluses but haven't done a lot um uh at least through the first year of play without giving us a conclusion on which player we should prefer which we may gather from your analysis give a give us a breakdown on these two guys okay yeah i'm not sure that okay i I know i participated in that poll i don't remember who i voted for uh and as i was thinking about this question i don't even I didn't come to any sort of conclusion, so th- there's nothing to give away here. But I will, I'll, I'll kind of go into it a little bit. And these guys are very different, but I think in some ways similar. And from what I understand, at least, I don't watch film myself, but from what I understand, they look good on film, presumably, um, because they're they're highly rated in Debbie. At least Will Shipley is um, quite a bit. Um, but but I will start with him, and I guess kind of. My thing with him is that he was very productive last year, which is a good sign as a freshman. So check that box. But as a runner specifically, he left a lot to be desired. Um, he was, uh, so for, for those who don't know, kind of the way I like to evaluate rushing performance is by comparing the per-touch output of a player to the collective per-touch output of the other running backs on his team because we know that like offensive line performance and play calling and, and situational factors like that have a lot to do with the success of any given running play and the success of a running back like in an offense overall. So if you can compare him to his teammates, you can find like, is he actually efficient or is he just in an efficient offense, etc. Anyway, so Will Shipley looks pretty good at like first glance um, per a lot of these rushing efficiency metrics that I like to use. But the two key ones um, that I'm going to reference here are the box counts that he's seeing relative to his teammates. And he's seeing negative 0.2 defenders in the box fewer than his teammates are, which doesn't sound like a large disparity, but it is. That's, that's a significantly lighter box count on his average carry than what other Clemson backs are seeing. And despite that, He's averaging almost he's averaging 0.12 yards per carry less than his teammates. So that's not a good look. And if you break things down like by box count and see how he's performing against like heavy boxes, light boxes, he's been really good relative to the other guys at Clemson against five and six man boxes. And then against everything else, like seven, eight, nine. So the, the meaty boxes, he's been absolutely terrible. And so that kind of 
I don't know, is he just like feasting on light fronts and then he can't actually run between the tackles when like things get tough? That's kind of what that indicates to me. Um, his success rate um, kind of divided up with those box counts is very much the same story. He's successful, consistent on a per touch basis against light box counts and not at all against heavy box counts. And so uh, I know he has like a lot of athletic ability. He's decent in the open field, uh, but as a like down to down, like between the tackles, high volume runner, I don't know that he has it yet. And then as a receiver, he was just kind of okay last year. He didn't catch a lot of his passes. Um, I mean, he was like fairly involved in the passing game overall. He had like, I don't know, 15 receptions or something. I think 16 actually. And he was targeted almost two yards downfield, which is a good sign. He's being asked to like do things other than like catch a swing pass, but not efficient, not catching a lot of his passes. And I understand that he was like very highly recruited. He was like a five-star recruit, got offers from everywhere, but, and coupled with like his overall production seems like a good thing, but on like a, a microscope level, he was not effective on a per touch basis really at all last year. Let me tell you what I'm afraid of, Noah, because I know you. I feel like you don't like Shipley, but you're also not going to like Sanders. So we have no way to determine who it is that we should choose. Go ahead with, go ahead, continue. Okay. I, I will now pivot to, to Sanders and he, in, in some ways he's, he's, he's much the same. He's, he's a lot bigger dude. He's like what, 225 pounds already. Um, and he was recruited as like a wide receiver slash running back slash athlete or whatever played running back last year. Um, and his kind of efficiency numbers are very much the same. He was better than the other Arkansas backs, which are like a talented group um, against light box counts, less effective than other Arkansas backs against heavy box counts. And so with his wide receiver background, like I kind of look and his size, like I kind of look at him as sort of like a, a David Johnson, uh, Antonio Gibson type archetype. I don't know that he's that talented of a player, but like, that's the sort of mold you'd be, you know, kind of projecting him in like as far as upside goes, but he, he wasn't an effective runner last season. And, and typically with a guy like that, you'd see, um, you know, like a raw athlete coming in and playing running back really, you know, full time for the first time, you'd see him be like super efficient, but like super inconsistent on a per touch basis. And that wasn't the case at all. He just like wasn't efficient, wasn't particularly consistent. And so if he's got this like untapped athletic juice, like it's, it's, it hasn't manifested itself on the field so far, even in the context of like boom bust plays, like he's not producing those. His production as a receiver was like much more subdued. He only, I think, had 11 receptions last season, but he was used like super dynamically. He was split out wider in the slot quite a bit. Um, he was targeted five yards was his A dot. So like way downfield, that's ridiculous for a running back. And he was catching almost 80% of his passes. So whatever upside he holds as a receiver, I think showed itself on very limited work as a freshman, but the numbers suggest that he's like extremely raw as a runner as well. And so, you know, kind of the dichotomy between the two of them is like Shipley was this super recruit who was productive at like a big time program. And then San and I think Shipley's probably going to be like completely average size by the time he reaches the NFL. He'll be like 213 pounds, maybe. Rocket Sanders is going to be like 225. And so he's this like big guy who can hypothetically catch passes that checks a lot of boxes as far as like weighted opportunities and things like that, that we want to see for fantasy, but that we want to see for fantasy football. But 
neither of them have been impressive so far, like on a per touch basis. So that's kind of we're my talking take. to we're talking to Noah Hills. You can find him at Noah Moore Parties on Twitter. We we've asked him to analyze and consider Will Shipley versus Raheem Sanders. This was a poll that was posted earlier this week uh, by Brandon Lejeune at Debbie Deep Dive, and it was very very split. And so I wanted to get Noah on to and Noah specializes in running back. So I wanted to get him on to talk about these two. Noah, uh, and you can get the Hero RB show on the Campus to Canton podcast feed where he breaks down all of these guys in um, uh, full depth. Uh, let's go back to Shipley. Talk about his – one of the reasons why he was highly touted is because of his verified athletic testing coming out of high school. 4.46 in the 40-yard dash. 4.21 shuttle. 36.3 vertical jump at 198 pounds, almost 200 pounds. He also ran for 200 yards, 2,000 yards his senior year in high school and caught like some 30 30 some odd passes. But I want to ask you specifically about the testing. Does does that testing factor into whether or not you prefer one or the other? I think – I care about athleticism in as much it, as far as player evaluation goes, like in as much as it allows players to like be effective on the field. Like if two guys who are equally ineffective and one is more athletic, like I don't really care. They're, they're performing the same, but I do care about it in the context of like these guys as fantasy assets and potential draft capital and things like that, especially since, Shipley like goes to Clemson. He's a big name. He's already been productive. If he's then athletic at his eventual combine, that's probably going to buy him some draft capital in the you know in the eyes of the NFL. And so I think that matters if we're treating these guys as fantasy assets. I don't care as much about it when I'm just evaluating him as a football player. No, I know you uh, look at these guys by year. Like, I mean, you were what fifteen RB sh- RB show episodes in, and you and you talk about your running backs elsewhere, where you talk about you know like compared to freshmen, you know this is like a seventy eighth percentile freshman season. So, so you do you do compare? How do these guys' freshman seasons look if you have that information on hand? And if you don't, or or just you know on top of that, do you find that most players can t- like develop from there? Or is there a certain percentile where like they're more likely to, to, to improve on some of these things, or it's just, you know, basically Shipley's poor between the tackles. Is there a high likelihood that Shipley will always be poor between the tackles because of what he did this year? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's actually one of the big projects that I'm undertaking probably during this season is like being able to divide, like, so right now I have, I have production data um, split up by like year in college, but I don't have like the rushing efficiency or the receiving stuff split up by year right now and so i can't speak specifically to like guys who are you know inconsistent runners between the tackles as freshmen like do they develop i'm not sure i do know that shipley's like production like he he had like a 30 percent dominator rating on a team that was like top 15 in the country that that like stat line combination means he has one of the like five to ten most impressive freshman seasons from like a production standpoint in the last like 15 years so he was amazing as a producer and I guess I don't have the raw data but I think like anecdotally maybe sub subjectively I would 
lean towards giving a guy like Shipley more of the benefit of the doubt, given that he's so athletic and given that he was so highly recruited as far as like, can this guy figure it out as a pure runner than I would for a guy who we kind of understand is raw as a running back and expect that from him with Sanders. Uh, Will Shipley is going as the RB6, according to Campus to Canton's ADP, and Sanders going as the RB13. But, I mean, it serves to be said, Shipley was a much more highly touted recruit. All right, Noah, give us the bottom line here. Who is it that who is it that we should be investing in, in Campus to Canton, in Debbie, and consider the value of each player, too? Uh, okay, at cost, I think, would be a different answer for me maybe because i think shipley is a little bit overrated right now in devi but i think straight up i would i would take him over sanders because he was he's he was really productive as a freshman and he was like a really highly touted recruit and so the odds that that guy figures it out or at least retains value as like an asset through another season i think is higher than if sanders doesn't figure it out but at cost that's a lot tougher question and I might I don't I don't know <laughs> I might go Sanders I'm not I'm not sure at cost because because Shipley I is like no yeah yeah no, that's, that's a great answer go. that's a great answer <laughs> because because there's not much there's not much room to move up for Shipley I don't think he's he is he the RB3 right now in the 2024 class behind Henderson and Allen or is he RB2 he's he's right there right and so where can he go from here like if he if he figures it out then you i mean is he gonna jump henderson probably not and if he doesn't figure it figure it out like he's gonna he's gonna drop unless he keeps producing and people don't care that he's bad on a per per touch basis i i don't really know what i'm getting at here i just think he he's insulated a little bit more because he's at clemson he's already productive and he was you know highly recruited the I don't know aside, Noah Hills is someone you absolutely need to be following. You can find him at Noah Moore Parties on Twitter. He contributes to campusdecant.com. He contributes to BDGE and to player player profiler. And one day, this guy's going to be writing for The Athletic or for ESPN.com. I believe that wholeheartedly. So, uh, Noah Hills, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was uh, a right, good time. We're kicking him out. We're kicking him out. All right. Peace, Noah. All right. Let's, it's just between us now. Uh, Matt Austin, Chris Moxley. Um, who are you taking between these two? Matt, I'm going to go to you first. Between uh, Will Shipley and Raheem Sanders, who, by the way, Noah mentioned as being a David Johnson, uh, Antonio Gibson type, which is interesting because he has a wide receiver background and is built like those two players. So who are you taking between these two? I still think I'm taking not, not think I am taking Shipley. I mean, he's ranked higher in my ranks. Um, Sanders, maybe it was the tequila talking. I'm not sure. Uh, his ADP is actually 34, which is what Moxley put in the chat. You kind of missed that. But that's okay. That's what, that's besides the point. Uh, with the value there on Sanders, I think, I, I would like that, but I, I kind of agree with what Noah said. Like, I don't, if, if Shipley goes out there and he continues to produce, even what he did this year, he's probably not fallen below running back three in that class. Like, I don't think there's any way he jumps Allen or Henderson. The followings for both those players is just too massive. And I think the upside is, is a lot, uh, a lot bigger with both those guys. So he's not going to jump either one of them. 
But I mean, who's going to jump? It's like, is LJ Johnson going to do it? Probably not. I mean, Kamar Wheaton's practically, I think, done as, as considered one of the top backs in the class. So I think there's really nowhere for Shipley to fall. So I would take him. And then if I really don't believe that he's continuing to progress, as, as Noah mentioned, there's a shot that he won't. I still think he retains that value. So then you just end up moving him at some point to someone who likes him. I also do like the receiving upside of Shipley. And as I've mentioned before, we talked a little bit about this on last week's Debbie debate. That matters to me with the Braylon Allen discussion. Like, even if he's not necessarily a great runner, I think he can still produce at the NFL level because of what he can do as a receiving back. So that part of it, I think, is is what kind of keeps him a little bit higher for me than Sanders right now. Yeah, I Noah did a good job kind of laying out my concerns as well. The thing about Shipley coming out of high school was that he could not run between the tackles. We didn't see that at Clemson. Like it's his big to me, it's his biggest knock on his profile. He bounces everything outside. That's exactly what they need to do to succeed at the next level. Like, I didn't think he was good between tackles in high school. The data proves that he hasn't improved yet. We need to see that jump if we really want to put him there. I think Will Shipley and Donovan Edwards should be like closer than they are. I think those two players are more similar than Shipley going borderline first round in Kansas Cantrass. Like that's kind of the range I feel more comfortable putting Shipley in, even though he was a really highly rated athletic recruit. I just think this running back class isn't going to end up being very good. Um, I think it's going to have Travion, who is a one like one of the better running back prospects we've seen, and then probably someone else who emerges. Maybe that's Braylon Allen. Maybe that's somebody else. But I don't really feel great about what I've seen from these guys. With Sanders, I mean Noah, Noah had a show on Sanders for on the Campus Camp Network on his Hero RB show, and this dude is a fourth percentile explosive athlete or a fourth percentile explosiveness in terms of breaking runs even though he's a very good athlete, that, those don't line up. So one of two things is true. He's either not a great running back technically, or variance means he's probably going to start breaking those in the future. So whichever side you land on probably determines how high you are on Sanders. I don't have a strong take. Like I'll take Shipley because I think he's going to retain value higher. But I those are two guys that I have not drafted any of this offseason. What what Moxley just said really quick about of Shipley bouncing it to the outside a lot, not necessarily being a good runner um, through the through the tackles before Austin jumps in, reminds me a lot of Miles Sanders at Penn State. And look at what he's done. Granted, he's had success at the NFL level. Had it not been for injuries, he's been almost fantasy. He's been fantasy relevant every year he's been in the NFL. So that that's kind of the way I view Shipley's possible rise to fantasy success. These guys have, have covered this from all angles, but I will say I think both of these players are players that I like to target because I think at minimum, you know, we're talking fantasy football at, at the end of the day, you know, assuming that they, like Miles Sanders, doesn't get shoehorned into just, you know, a situation where they refuse to kind of use some of these running backs with any sort of uh, uh, regularity. Um, that the, the fact that they can both catch passes at a pretty decent clip uh, I know Noah said he's not super efficient. I, I, I do think, you know, the fact that he he catches the passes downfield, Shipley does, that that he'll continue to grow there. Um, that gives them a really nice floor. Like, I think that locks in some sort of uh, long-term value, which is part of the problem that I've had, not to circle this back to Braylon Allen, but kind of some of the problem I've had with him just because we haven't seen him do it yet. And if he doesn't necessarily make it as a runner or develop as a runner, um, there, there's no other skill to hang his hat on. Whereas Shipley... Uh, can probably be a, a third down type and and Sanders can probably do something similar, which is really odd to say about a guy that's 225 pounds, but um, I think they can both do that. So I think that's an important uh, piece to this puzzle. 
You know, we haven't talked about his raw statistics itself first. I mean, uh, Will Shipley in his freshman season had 739 yards rushing at a five-yard uh, uh, clip and had 16 receptions for 116 yards. I for I would that for some reason that missed me. I mean, I know that he missed time to injury. He actually left the Louisville game, but that's a very productive season on a team that was not good offensively, does not have a good quarterback, and he's kind of I, I missed that. He was he is showing something as a freshman. He may even be the focus of the Clemson offense next year. I mean, he should be. He's one of their best players with his dual ability to receive, to catch the ball and be effective in the running game. We might talk be talking about a guy who has 1500 total yards or something like that barring injury. Okay. They aren't re- they aren't um, going to recruit over him either. I think it's true. very clear. I don't know what they've been doing the past couple classes. They didn't have anybody come in last year. They don't have anybody signed up for this year that I think is going to compete with him. Bringing in a freshman when he's a junior or whatever, that's not going to do it. So I think his job is relatively safe too, which I do think uh, matters. It's just Kobe Pace there and Phil yeah. Maffa. And I, yep. it, those, those three. And I think that Maffa might jump pace and become, you know, the thunder to Shipley's lightning. Chris Moxley, you were going to say something. Chris Moxley oh, was going to say Chris. something, he's, he's but first. we might have lost him. All right. I want to move on here to um, Dante Moore. Detroit stand-up, Detroit King. He is the lone 2023 quarterback who has uh, – and Austin, I'm coming to you with this. He's the lone 2023 quarterback the top of the top five who has not committed. He's narrowed his choices down, and I think among them they are Michigan, Texas A&M, Oregon. Texas A&M is interesting to me because of what they have been able to do, to do in recruiting the skill positions outside of quarterback. Um, I don't, we don't know what Oregon is going to be with Dan Ming and I forgot the guy who came over from Auburn, the offensive coordinator there. But Austin, what do you think about all of these landing spots and potentially Texas A&M and more being kind of a final piece to what they're doing recruiting wise? Yeah, I actually think he would be the final piece at A&M. I've not, I've been pretty vocal. I'm not a Haynes King guy. I haven't been the past couple of years. Uh, certainly not a Max Johnson fan, a guy who transferred in there, kind of a package deal with his brother, who was a highly rated uh, tight end in this past class, Jake, uh, and sons of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. So I think that that kind of uh, lineage gave some people uh, extra hope uh, for a kid that's not very good. And I'm not a huge Connor Wegman fan either. He's not a bad player, but I think as far as five-star quarterbacks go, uh, he, he's definitely not one of the stronger ones we've had the past few years. Um, uh, more would definitely be the final piece there. You know, they've got Stewart and Marshall at wide receiver, two five stars or, or borderline five stars, depending on what service from this past couple of years. Um, they've recruited the the trenches very well. Like they, they've got a bunch of big guys in the O line. They the, the D line is they could field two like all American level D lines within two years, probably based on the talent they have there. Like the rest of the roster is ready. They've always got running backs. The rest of the roster is ready, but I actually think I would rather see him at Oregon. I don't know where Oregon's going to end up in the next couple of years. You know, the Pac-12 just uh, uh, crumbled in front of our very eyes in the span of like four hours. Um, so will they go to the Big Ten, the, the SEC, as little sense as that makes, the Mountain West, uh, something else. Uh, but I, Oregon has a lot of really intriguing pieces there. The, the line, again, is pretty darn good there. Um 
but the receiving weapons they have there are just so good. I, I really like Troy Franklin. I really like uh, Seven McGee. I'm not a huge uh, Deontay Thornton fan, but he's a high four-star, like big athletic kid on the outside. Um, they, they've got some guys in the backfield, Byron Cardwell uh, and some other depth there. So I think going to Oregon would actually kind of be more fun from an offensive perspective. That's where I hope he goes. And I just, I can't bring myself to root for anything Texas A&M. So I, I'm, I am hoping he goes to Oregon. Yeah, I, I I really think Oregon is the one who's going to get him, and I think that would be the best spot for him. You know, I know Texas A&M has really killed it this year. Right now, Oregon's offensive line is ranked as the number five offensive line group in all of college football, and that's not going anywhere. As, as Austin just mentioned, they've got great weapons on the outside. Running backs are okay. I mean, Kenny Dillingham, say what you want about him as an offensive coordinator. I think he's he's fine. He did give Bo Nix one of his best seasons as a freshman. I think none of us here would disagree that Dante Moore is probably better. So I think him going into that system would open things up a little bit. I just I think he's a very I mean, kid started as a varsity starting quarterback as a freshman in high school. That's very rare to see. Like he's just very cool, calm, collected. I, I think Dante Moore is, is one of the best in this class. And I, I would love him going to Oregon. I just don't know that Texas A&M. Well, it would be a great fit with all the weapons and everything they're doing there. I just don't know that he fits what I think Jimbo Fisher is going to continue to do with that offense, where I feel like Lanning and Dillingham will kind of tailor that offense to what Moore does. If I had Dante Moore on, I would ask him American or National Coney Island, but we don't have him on. So maybe one day we'll find that out from him uh, later on. And Austin, Chris, and Matt have no idea what it is that I'm talking about. All right, let's move on here to Rakeem Jarrett versus – we're taking all of our content from Twitter these days because, quite frankly, it's hard out here, y'all. It's hard out here. Um Shane Hallam, friend of the another friend of the show at Debbie Marketplace, there with Kane Fissell, uh, was talking about Dante Demas and how good he was last season before the injury. Austin, I know that you have talked about Demas before, and this is first Rakeem Jarrett question. Jarrett, the five star who could have gone anywhere, ended up staying there at Maryland, and I think we're still giving him credit for that. But you stated your belief that Demas is a potential first-round pick. Tell us why you like him. I think I need to clarify that I think that he would have been a first-round pick last year, but I do think next year's class is better. And I still think it, the jury's out on the, the knee. Like, none of us have, see, have seen the knee. If I saw the, the x-rays and MRAs and stuff, I wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. So, but I, it was a pretty gruesome knee injury that he suffered last year. Uh, but I do think if he'd come out last year, I think he would have done senior bowl. I think, you know, power five led that team in receiving for multiple years. Uh, pretty decent recruit in his own right. Uh, pretty solid athletic profile. He's got really nice size, at like 6'2", 6'3", uh, close to 200 pounds. Like I, he's the first name I ever mentioned on Devi Debate, I believe. Him or Chris Ottman Bell in our first episode where, the, where, the, where it was like my first name I ever dropped. So um, I, I, I do like him. I and I, I It I was Ottman Bell. but It was Ottman Bell and then, and then he was second. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like him as a player. I think some of the things you talked about with Rakeem Jarrett and you kind of said it, I don't want to say like dismissively, but I think some of these things matter. And I think in the eyes of the NFL, they matter too. Like he's, uh, Rakeem Jarrett's probably a better athlete. 
he's has a really nice pedigree. Like I, I think the NFL does value those things, not overvalue, but I think they'll they'll factor in. Um, I'm interested to see what he does this year. I mean, I, I'm kind of giving all these kids a pass on their their freshman year. Like last year was Rakeem Jarrett's first year because he missed a couple games too with COVID the year before that. Like so, like last year was really his year figuring out. We'll see if he can figure it out this year. I still like I have him as like my my wide receiver seventeen. I'm not overly high on him. I, I'm pretty skeptical. But I don't they, like he's in a category of guys like you you don't know what to do with after him. So I still think he's worth drafting. I wouldn't take him top ten or anything like I've seen people do. Um, and I am not quite in on Demas because I still just that knee injury really 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 scares me. Mark Austin's like giving a pass for Keem Jared. We've seen this guy two years. He has done absolutely nothing to warrant his vaunted standing in the Debbie community. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not. He had his chance to seize the role last year when Demas went down and again that horrible knee injury against Iowa. Um, in that blowout or on a kick return that was just ugh, it was very gruesome. I do not recommend watching it. It's a really tough injury. Um, and it's one of those that you really question whether or not that player can come back from. But Jerry has done nothing to show us that he can be an alpha receiver in any sense of the word. 21% market share is below average for what you're looking for, for a top 24 receiver. Um, when we look at the regression line, I just don't understand where he gets the hype from. Like we need to be knocking him at some point. And I think wide receiver 17 is fair. I just don't think he holds the same Debbie status that he wants to. And that's the concern that I have. How many alphas do you think are in college right now though, Chris? You just said he's not an alpha. I and mean, I think there's, there's some obvious answers to that, but like, Oh, I mean, after a certain amount, there's just, it's just everyone's kind of probably going to be. I don't think he, I don't think he's in the round one wide receiver conversation when we talk about NFL draft. And so that's how that's how he's not in the. He's not. I think he's in the round two, like late round two conversation. If he, if he, I don't think so. He's a really good. He's a really solid athlete with a five star pedigree. And if he does enough this year, or when Demas leaves in his fourth year. I think he'll. I think he'll get drafted either early day. I, he'll, he's a day two player at that point for sure. Austin. Austin said that. Austin said that he's had one season. He's had two. He had the COVID shortened season uh, in 2020. But if he did not have that game against Penn State where they ran a pick play and he scored two touchdowns on the same play, the same exact play, where would we be with Raheem Jared? That one game. Those two plays have held his value up until this point. That is it. You cannot tell me one big Rakeem Jared play that he's had since that game. I didn't throw it to anybody, but anyone jump in here or, or not. Uh, it's just because I'm, I'm speaking the truth. I'm Pastor Felix Sharp, and the parishioners are all saying amen, amen. Okay, here. Let's move on here. We've had some big news today. We had uh, Dante Moore say that he is going to commit on Friday. Um, and we so we will be paying attention to that. And, and somebody at Campus to Canton will be covering that live and we'll bring you breaking news on that. Uh, probably me or Matt. And um, Baker Mayfield traded today. Matt, you are the resident Browns fan. This is somebody that you've been following since his rookie year, if not before then. 
What does this trade mean for those pieces there in Carolina? Do you believe in Baker Mayfield, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I mean, I do believe in Baker. I know Austin said this before, I, I think on Canton Bound, and I, I agree with him. Like, I, Baker's still one of the better quarterbacks. He's like, he's not clearly ever going to be top 12, probably 15, 16, like I had hoped coming out of Oklahoma, but he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I do worry a little bit, obviously, about Carolina's offensive line not being great. That's kind of what brought Baker's downfall at times in Cleveland. But I do think it's great for DJ Moore and probably Robbie Anderson, who I think is going to be the deep threat there. We know Baker's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I mean, going back to the worries a little bit here, bouncing back and forth. Like, I'm not thrilled that Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator either because uh, he has not uh, been necessarily great when he's been given that. But, I mean, just to pull the curtain back here a little bit, I mean, you put on here that he wasn't able to make Odell or Jarvis Landry fantasy viable you know, I guess you didn't have time to actually go research that and do your notes because Jarvis Landry was wide receiver 18 and wide receiver 12 his first two years in Cleveland before then going through COVID and dealing with injury. Why are you taking shots at me based on I'm my notes saying, that I haven't put, even said You on put the stuff air. in the notes. I know. I, you know, oh. I'm throwing, I'm, you put I it mean, in the notes. Jesus he didn't make them I'm viable. I'm catching strays here. Okay. <laughs> That's not strays. Don't put it in the notes. You put in the notes that they weren't fantasy viable. I mean, he clearly was in the COVID year. And then last year, he only played in like five games due to the injury. I think DJ Moore, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that, yeah, thank you, Corey, that DJ Moore is better than Jarvis Landry. He's going to be their possession-wide receiver. I think he's going to be great for them. I also wouldn't say don't overlook Rashard Higgins because every time he was actually on the field for the Browns, him and Baker had a, a phenomenal connection. But I think Baker knows he's out there playing for a contract right now, and I think he's going to go out there and have a good year. I think he wants to shut Cleveland up too, so I'm here for it. I hope he has an amazing season. Panthers, I just I don't think are a great team, so I don't think he's going to go out there and absolutely ball out. He did not make Odell Beckham Jr. fantasy viable. I mean, OBJ was what a wide receiver three or four. You're talking about one of the best talents yes. in the NFL, and they could never really hook up. Go ahead. I think a lot of that though was the system, and not necessarily Baker. If you look at what Stephon Diggs did, and that's why he wanted to get out of Minnesota away from Stefanski in that offense, like they just don't throw the ball to those guys, and Baker doesn't either. Baker is not a, a quarterback who's going to lock on and force the ball. They tried that that Freddie Kitchens year, and we saw how horrible that was. He will pass it to whoever is open. So I think that is why. Like, Matt Stafford's not afraid to fucking fire the ball into Odell wherever he is on the field. Baker's not doing that. So I think that's why the fit, you saw how well Odell fit with the Rams and Stafford compared to Baker. I, I think it was more a scheme fit for Odell. He never should have been traded to the Browns. That was a John Dorsey move trying to make a big splash. Let's do a Baker Mayfield name game here, okay? And you tell me who you would rather have, Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield? <sighs> Is this for redraft or dynasty? This is di right C2C, so we're talking about NFL dynasty. I'd rather have <laughs> – honestly, I'd rather have Baker over Jameis. But that's and, close. of course, I'm laughing because of something Chris Moxley put in the uh, in the in the chat. Um, Mac Jones or Baker Mayfield? Oh, God. Mac was so good last year. I'm going to take Mac Jones. Marcus Mariota with the Falcons or Baker, Baker Mayfield? Baker. Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions or Baker Mayfield? Baker. I don't think Jared's a long-term answer at Detroit. Davis Mills, Houston Texans, rookie Baker. phenom. Uh, just Baker. Continue. Baker. 
Rookie a lot of weight in that sentence. Yeah, that's Woo. a little. That's a little much. He was good. Phenom's one a of the best much. rookie quarterbacks. Of, one of the I best. Mean, he I mean, was, he was the better best than rookie better than Trevor year, Lawrence but, and Justin Fields. But, uh, by the um, Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield. Baker. Ryan Tannehill or Baker, Baker. Mayfield. Yeah. Austin, Chris, do you have uh, any issues? Actually, one last one before Austin and Chris before Ask we get it. to you. I'll give you my answer. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield? Baker. Give me Baker, baby. <laughs> Never okay. give up. We, Never surrender. We we have callbacks to like episodes a year ago, you know? And uh, so you got to keep up with the inside jokes around here, people. Chris Moxley, Austin Nace, anything to add here on the Baker Mayfield to Carolina discussion? No. I just talked about it. So I just recorded Canton Bound before this. So I discussed it for about 20 minutes on there with uh, my, my two guests here this week. Um, they discussed it. I kind of just tossed questions at them. I don't really, I think it's, it. I think Baker's career is far from over. I think he's a decent quarterback. I think as, as someone who's you know, a Steelers fan, I watched a lot of Browns games this year, and I especially watched them when they played the Steelers. The Browns really didn't do him any favors this year, and he was seriously, seriously hurt for most of the year. So I think Carolina would not have been the spot that I opted to see him try to rejuvenate his career because, uh, as we discussed a little bit on Canton Bound, like that whole team is built to just tear it down after this year. The coach might be gone. The whole roster might be blown up. Not a great spot, but I, I do think getting free of that situation and, and letting him get healthy and hopefully uh, on a team that's decent, I think can help him a lot long-term. And he was hurt last year. So um, this podcast is brought to you by campustocanton.com, a part of the Campus to Canton family. So make sure you pay attention to the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Austin mentioned Canton Bound, Campus Life. There's Fantasy Roundtable. There's the Hero RB Show. We are trying to produce the most content, the most actionable content that we can. We just released the inaugural Campus Canton CFF Guide. That is absolutely excellent. 131 uh, FBF teams, team breakdowns, hundreds of player uh, profiles to take you through your CFF leagues. And whether or not you're, if you're playing campus to Canton leagues, there is a CFF aspect to the league. It's $20. You can find it at campus to Hats off to Nate Marquise, Chris Moxley, Jared Palmgren, Brandon Sanders, all of whom contributed uh, to that guide. And I, I mean, I'm being honest here where we've produced three guides. We've done a lot of content here. It is probably the single best piece of content Campus to Canton has produced in its short existence. So please check that out. Hey, you want to count on perhaps an NIL, NIL yearly membership where you can get 10% off that uh, the price of that yearly membership. Check out Sharp Sports on YouTube. Sharp Sport, Sports, uh, a recruiting page where uh, we're partnering with them and they might have a special promo code. No relation, by the way. We looked into this relation uh spelled the same but no relation uh check check out sharp sports on youtube check out uh dynasty trades hq and check out rookie fever we are doing the most we can to help people become a part of the 
fastest growing format that there is, and we are the ones that are producing content for that format. We are going to get into a game here between, I think it's between Matthew. Uh, we have this is Austin's idea. We have not talked about this. So, Austin, I mean, can, do you want me to, I, you can you take it from here? I mean, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, I'll put on my, my game show host uh, 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 shoes here for a minute. All right, guys. So I know Felix. We talk a lot about this on on Twitter. We joke about it all the time. Um, that we are we are looking at the twenty twenty three recruiting classes, twenty twenty four. We mention these names, and you do not believe that they're real. Um, I thought it'd be a little insensitive to make a list of names, kind of like Key and Peel, and see if uh, you know if you if you knew they were real or not. Uh, I didn't want to make fun of anybody. So here's what we're gonna do, guys. Instead, so I, I want to do a little competition here, Matt and Felix, natural enemies. I'm gonna give. Each of you, you know, we're kind of going to go back and forth. I have six names total, three for each of you. And Matt, we'll go to you first. Uh, I'm going to give you the name of the player, and I want you to tell me the position they play and the school they've committed to. These are all players in the 2023 recruiting class. All right. There's... Are we keeping score here? Chris, can you keep, keep score, score for us? Yeah. Tony Reale? Yeah, perfect. All right. Okay. All right, Let's Matt. Let's do this. We'll, we'll go all to right. you first. All right. Do we get any hints, or is it just straight? You just got to straight go for it. Un- unfortunately, I did not prepare any hints. I only prepared okay, names. Okay. I did the minimum amount of work possible to make <laughs> fair enough. Work. Fair enough. Um, all right. First up here, Tybo Richard. Or sorry, Tybo <laughs> Rogers, and I can spell the name if you need me to. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Okay. That, that might limit da- the the area of the country. Go ahead, spell all it right. for me, please. please. <laughs> T Y B O Tybo. Okay. Rogers. R O G E R S. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sounds like a wide receiver. So wait, do we get a point if I get like position and school right? Or is it just you have to I'll give you right? I'll give you one point for each. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds like a wide receiver. So we're gonna go wide receiver. Okay. Tybo Richards. I that sounds like I'm just gonna throw a sh- hard, uh, I, I, um Alabama State. Just, just all right. Tybo Rogers is a running back, and right now he is committed to Washington. So was, I didn't go, I didn't go too deep on this one. I, I started off with a relatively easy one, Matt, so you might be in some trouble here. All right, Felix. Felix, I'm going to come over to you next, all right? All right, first one up here, uh, Ruben Owens. And let me know if you need me to spell okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Owens, right? O-W-E-N-S. Yes, sir. All right, um, Ruben Owens. That's a running back. Running back, right? And he is going to Louisville? That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Man, that's, right, that's right in his backyard. Like, why? Yes. Like, you're right. The score is now two guy. to zero. I said right. two yeah, okay. to that's zero. Right. I still got, right. I got time, right? Two more prospects. Right. We got these. Okay. All right. Um, Matt, we'll go over to you with this one. Micah Gifford. Um, we're gonna stick with the wide receiver. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna hit eventually. So we're gonna stick with wide receiver, Micah Gifford. That sounds like ooh, trying to think of somebody obscure. Oh, Southern Miss. You know, you just Come gave on, Felix man. crap you know, for in your on, backyard. You know your stuff. Let's go. It's Micah really Gifford Ohio. is a wide receiver. He's going to Baylor. So he's down there in Texas, Texas, but at least I got the wide receiver. So I'm not shut out, baby. I'm coming for you, Felix. I'm coming for you. 
What do you mean? You are shut out. You didn't have a point. No, I got wide receiver right. He got, got wide, wide receiver. receiver. He got wide oh, receiver. Oh, okay. So. All right. Okay. All right, Felix. Uh, coming over to you here next. Oh, wait, what's the score, Chris? After one round, do we have a score? After one and a half. After rounds. after one round, it was 2-0. Matt has a point. is 2-1. to one. You can take a 4-1 lead if you get both parts right. You can okay. seal it here, basically, Felix. You can seal it. Okay. All right. Next up here, Noah Rogers. Hmm. Can you uh, spell Rogers for me? I sure can. It's the same as Tybo. No relation, though. R-O-G-E-R-S. You know, I'm going to be like Matthew here, and I feel like that is a wide receiver name. So I'm going to go wide receiver. Wide receivers go to, I hate to say this, but they go to Ohio State. So wide receiver, Ohio State. Correct answer was no Ohio State. We'll give you we'll give you the point though. We'll give you the point though. You were close. Man. So oh, that's a so that's four one lead. So yeah. so I get two points for each of these, right? We gotta make this we gotta All make right, this we'll make it interesting. Yeah. We'll okay, make it okay. interesting. Okay. I, I feel my luck's gonna turn on this one. I feel it. You know, All Felix right. has gotten some fairly, fairly decent answers here, but I I feel good about this one. Let's and I, in I fairness, know. I don't I'm, I don't think I'm, Felix can get his last one. Felix's last one's tough. So this is it. This is a ball game right here. Yes. All right. It's gonna All be right. Arch Manning. Watch. Go ahead. Lenoris Sellers. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, man. All what right, Lenoris Sellers. Here? We're gonna go with running back. Can you just give me like a north south? North south? Just like look up or down. Just tell they me get snow there. They north get snow or there. south. They get snow. Okay. South Dakota. Lenora Sellers is a quarterback, and he's headed to Syracuse. <laughs> I, think it's I don't know I how you could not get Syracuse. that one, to be honest with you. You know? It was the Sellers. So I was thinking of a different one. I don't understand. Don't you do well, your this... homework before we come on? Sounds like the seller is where Matt's going to end up. I was, competition. I was too busy looking up Jarvis Landry's uh, PPR finishes to prove me wrong on Baker Mayfield talk. <laughs> All right. Well, this is just a formality with Felix. I want to see if you can go perfect yeah. through this here. So the last one okay. for you, um, uh, Arch Manning. 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 Is that uh like Chelsea with one end, one end or two ends? Come. Uh, two ends. Two ends. Who is Chelsea Arch. Manning? Arch Manning. You know, I think I got this one. I think I got this one. I think quarterback. It sounds like a quarterback. Texas. Quarterback Texas. That's my final answer. Felix with the clean sweep. You hate to see it. Congratulations to Felix. First time through here. Matt, it sounds like like you are not that deep into the class. I'm not. I am. uh, I failed you guys. Sorry. Um, This is embarrassing. I feel like Alfred now. It was just embarrassing. Well, uh, Matt, you need to brush up. I mean, we're th- this is our job here. You know, we're providing content for the people, letting them know what they know. So you need to dive deeper into the class and get your stuff together. Okay, it's true. I failed. Apologies to everybody here. This is embarrassment for the campus to Canton uh, website. 
website. It's just, it's just for him. Website, yeah, website. Yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Is that the judge? I'm is the my, judge I'm coming my, out here? I'm letting my tech doing... to come out. Are I'm judge... so embarrassed. Is the... It sounds like the judge is coming out. We're going to have to bring the good, judge guys. out here it's soon. It's not good. There is always something going on at campus2canton.com. Uh, you can check out big wide receiver guys primer on the 2023 class, the freshman class, and see who are the players that we need to be considering in freshman drafts that are going to be here uh, really, really quick. But there's always something going on there. There's always something going on on the YouTube page, which you need to be subscribed to. CampusToCanton.com on YouTube, Campus to Canton on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But that is going to do it for us tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herb Street. We ran out of time. We will get him rescheduled soon. For Chris Moxley, Austin Nace, and Matt Bruning, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. For the freshman. He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.